0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness
0: with your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. People get ready There's a train of coming You don't need no baggage You just get on You hear the devas calling, don't need no tickets, you just thank the Lord. So people get ready for the train to join us. Open the doors
2: and blessings, peace and blessings. Welcome to another edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And as our dear brother, our ancestor, Curtis Mayfield, just said, people get ready. There's a train coming. You don't need no tickets. You just get on board. All you need is faith to keep the diesel moving. You don't need no tickets. You just thank the Lord. So in the name of the Most High God, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness there is but one God, and beside him, there is no other, the architect of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and all that is in between. It gives me great pleasure to welcome our listening audience, our first-time listeners, and our consistent and constant participants, greeting you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. I am your co-host, brother. Thank you, brother Rudolph. I am your co-host, brother Yusuf Muhammad, and as you just heard, uh, giving me the return greetings, which we are taught is a prayer, as well. Along with our dear brother, brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, again, we are eternally grateful for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. Here we are who would have thunk it. We're at the 30th day of the ninth month of 2022 in this particular millennium. I don't know what that means for you, but I know it has to do something with time. The day, Friday, the day, Juma, the day, the date, the month. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with you, but I know it has something to do with time. It's a little after 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness come before you every week, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and certainly we welcome you, we thank you, for. we realize You could be doing something else with your time, but we also realize you find it worthy to find out what's the update of the landscape as it pertains to disaster preparedness. And Brother Rudolph and I are eternally grateful to be your servants, not only today, but in the previous days and the days to come, if it be the will of Allah. So we have quite a bit on our plate today, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear from our dear brother co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, as he will welcome you, and then segue into, as the hip hop artist used to say, "Let us proceed with what you need." Brother Rudolph. Thank you, Brother
3: Yusuf. Yes. Morgani. Peace. Peace. As-salamu alaykum. Shalom Aleichem. Uh, blessed the uh, These are just some of the greetings used by our family all over the planet. And if we didn't hit the one, the particular one, that makes you feel warm and fuzzy and let's are welcome, then tap at 563 and let us know the way you want to be greeted and greet you that way so you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're welcome program at this time from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. As we discussed, uh, as the show used to say, what's happening? But beginning all things in the name of, the one God, the most high, the grand architect of the universe, the I am the uh, that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, that one that is responsible for your and my existence. He's called by many names. We are taught that Allah is the best name, the culmination of all of his attributes. So, thank God. Kafar Muhammad with him for raising the most honorable
0: Elijah
3: right from the very Detroit, Michigan. Black Black as it was called. And we thank both of them portion of their spirit into an individual, and they taught him, and they guide, lead, and steer him in the direction that he needs to go in in order to lead us out of the wilderness of North America, none other than our big brother, the champion of truth, the Honorable Mr. Lewis Farrakhan. So in those great names I greet the family in the green words of peace and the paradise of I
2: Walaikum salam, sir.
3: Thank you, sir. And I'm uh, grateful today. Well, one, because we're still alive. Two,
0: we have the
3: faculties that Allah has blessed us with. And so because of that there's an attitude of gratitude and it causes brother Yusuf and myself and the team at the disaster awareness community preparedness to just sit back and granted, but to get busy working, show ourselves approved. Found working. Right up until whenever the end may come, because none of us know when the end is coming. So it is wise for us to be found working right up until that time. So our job is to help you. We want to enlighten, inform, and inspire you to be able to safeguard yourself, your families and your communities. So we give you information that if used properly, you do that. So we will give you up-to-date information, uh, as Brother Yusuf also poetically says, the update of the landscape. We are going to bring information to you, especially today, about the hurricane that has hit, the one that is presently hitting, and those that are (laughs) following. So stay tuned. Text somebody. Email them. call Call somebody. Telephone, tell a friend. Man, known as Super Rhymes is back again. No, um, no I, I digress. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we,
0: we're
3: going to give you five minutes. No, no, it's Dirty Press here. Six minutes. We're going to give you six minutes to get on the line and get somebody and get them on the phone, too, somebody that you say that you love, that you would like to give a special gift to. you got six minutes to get them on the line before we start with this information. The clock is ticking. Brother Yusuf.
2: Six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. Uh, 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 I'm uh, sorry, wrong audience, (laughs) wrong audience. But in the six minutes, brothers and sisters, you know, this is nothing to play with, but it's so heavy that you must have levity to get us through this time. Again, I talked about time and how you see time. You know, I was talking to our dear brother, uh engineer and then some and more much more than that brother parrish right. muhammad earlier before the show came on and we were talking about what the most honorable elijah muhammad taught about the two dispensations of time and that is motion and measurement motion and measurement when you talk about developing a framework Of how to get informed about disaster preparedness Or let's start with awareness Before preparedness Number one, you're to get informed Number two, you're to make a plan Number three, you're to develop a survival kit And number four, periodically reassess Your plan and your kit You know the military, the armed forces of this country uses the six Ps, proper prior planning prevents poor performance, they say. That's right. And so we here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness always make sure you understand the importance of putting the most high first, Allah, God, Yahweh, whatever you call your supreme being. Then we become self-reliant and taking appropriate action In response to any emergency But as Brother Rudolph said You have to do the work It has to be movement It has to be measurement And you have to As my dear brother said It reminded me Brother Rudolph What you said Came to mind Was Second Timothy 2 and 15 Study To show yourself approved Being a workman And a watchman Being unashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. And so what we try to do here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is disseminate the truth to all who are willing to listen. That's why we've given you those six minutes to call someone, to bring them on to the line, to tell them that they can also dial in to 563-999-3089. Again, 563-999. Three zero eight nine, or they can log on to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness and uh, reach us by way of social media, if you will, the Internet, if you will. We need you to survive, brothers and sisters. This program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform to educate and to train all people on how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you to determine the best choices in any emergency to avert danger and save lives. Our vision here is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their family, neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Now, you may remember, brothers and sisters, just seven days ago, there was a hurricane impacting Puerto Rico and devastating it so much so where the whole country lost power. And periodically different districts of the country of Puerto Rico got their power back, but it was over seven to ten days where there were some areas in Puerto Rico that the people still had no water, no electricity. And I say no water, let me be specific. No drinking water, okay? So what would happen to you and I where we are? Right now, I'm in southeastern Virginia catching the remnants of what this world is calling Ian that went from a hurricane to a storm back to a hurricane. Now they're saying this area may be prone to a tornado because of the, I guess, hot and cold fronts that are going to impact not just Virginia, but if we work our way south, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and I don't know if you've been checking out the news what it did to Florida. Devastation on levels that If you've never experienced it, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but that's the time we're in, all the more important reason why we engage ourselves in motion and measurement. These are just some of the things that are on our screen for the past seven days, whether it was what this world called Fiona that hit Puerto Rico or what they call an Ian. You know, our ancestors, Marcus Garvey, said, look for me in the whirlwind. Hmm. You know these hurricanes come off the west coast of Africa and follow the same route as the (laughs) slave trade, the Holocaust, where our people did and continue to pay a hell of a cost. That's just something else to think about. But look, let's get right into it. What happens if a hurricane... Hit your area. If you lose electricity, if you don't have any drinking water, water to clean up with. This morning, it was just rain and wind here in what they call Tidewater or Hampton Roads, Virginia, the 757, if you will. And we lost electricity for a half hour. Man, was my phone charged? Not where it should have been. Did I have water in my bathtub just as a surplus? Mm. These are just some of the things to think about. You know, the basics, whether you're talking about 72 hours or in case you need to evacuate. If you have to shelter in place, you you may want to think about a 30-day supply. If you have to evacuate, you may want to think about in your development of a survival kit what to put in your go-back. So a 90-day supply of water. Do you have one gallon per person per day? Do you have non-perishable food that would last for 90 days? What about prescription medications? Flashlights. Extra batteries, a battery-powered or hand-cranked radio. What about a first aid kit or a trauma kit? Do you know how to use it? What about cash and change in a waterproof container? Just some of the things to think about. A manual hand opener. Flares or whistles a signal for help. If you have one, do you know where it is? What about dust masks or contaminated air? All of us should have some kind of mask coming out of the pandemic, or are we out of the pandemic? What about tools such as a wrench, pliers, other tools to turn off utilities? Do you know how to do it? Do you know where to turn them off? What about plastic sheeting and duct tape to shelter in place if you are stuck at work, home, or elsewhere? What about local maps? Oh, well, I don't need a local map. I know where to go. Well, don't rely so much on your GPS, your global positioning system to work, even when it's operable sometimes, maybe not you, but with me, it's taking me the wrong direction. I know, but you got a cell phone. What about a battery-powered or solar charger? Think about that. Moist toilets, garbage bags, and plastic ties for personal sanitation. Candles, well, what good are candles if you don't have matches or a mechanism by which to light the candles? And then alternative cooking mechanisms. These are just some of the things that if you don't, if you have not considered it for the novice, this may be your first time listening, these would be some of the things to consider. And for those who've been on this program before, you know, unfortunately, Brothers and sisters, too many of us procrastinate. You hear it. You tell the next man, oh, I heard that before. But you never engaged in the right time of motion and measurement. So once you've got the essentials, brothers and sisters, what about personalizing your kit based on the needs of your family and the weather conditions where you live? Now, Brother Rudolph and I, we know New York, that area, the topography, the geography. I came south, and because of Brother Rudolph's experience in the military, he knows this area as well, the 757, the southeastern portion of Virginia. But he's currently in Michigan at this time. Is the topography the same? Is the geography the same? Are the weather conditions the same? That's for us to do our study, and study to show ourselves approved. And then there may be one last thing I'll just put on your mind. I don't want to overload you as early. We're just in the first half hour of this week's two-hour presentation, but what about non-prescription medications such as pain relievers? anti-diarrhea medication, anti-acids or laxatives. If you need a cold or flu medicine, you know, we we, we we really recommend you get how to eat to live. As the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if we eat the proper food and eat at the proper time, the food will keep us living a long, long time. And we know that's really our God-given immune system which is our best defense against any challenge uh in terms of health but i'll put a pin in it right now and let brother rudolph pick up to share with you share with us that which god has blessed him to bless us with brother rudolph
3: yes sir brother yusuf man you on it you on it as usual Oh man, you getting me as they say, you getting me hype, bro. You getting me hype. Man. Yeah, you know I gotta relate this back to our old days, brother, of playing on that team there at number seven. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah so, 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 so you gonna win in there you're gonna score the couple and, and brother Hafiz done pulled you out now. Give you a little breather. Six man off the bench. I'm coming in. I don't need no warm-up. I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. So here I am. Just stole the ball. And now I'm going down the court. You know, they call me coast to coast. I'm getting ready. Slam it! Slam it! What I (laughs) did. Because when you go through these disasters and you have to leave where you are to go where you're trying to get to, your sojourn causes you to now become a refugee. And Mm. you're seeking asylum. Just like we watch in the news as we watch what goes on over in the motherland, how the, the, the various groups of people are seeking asylum in other countries because they mm-hmm. have, they're they fleeing something in their homeland, and they're trying to look for a better way of life. Well, when these storms, these hurricanes, these tornadoes, and all of these either natural disasters, man-made disasters, or technical, logical, technological disasters – hits your door, you're doing the same exact thing. So prayerfully, you snatch up your gold bag that has been prepared prior to it, and now you're on the move. And you had your plan, the whole family knows, and so you're moving out as a unit. And now you are solely responsible for the safety and security of everyone in your unit. And you have to get them from point A to point B safely. And while you're doing it, what's going through your head, and which no one will ever notice until you've been through it, and while you're going through it, you're doubting yourself. There's doubt running in your mind. Man, did I make the right decision? Should we have gone left when we went right? Should we have stopped? and stayed rather than proceed, man, all of these thoughts are running through your head. But once you're engaged, you must go 100%. 100%. Because hesitation will get you killed, will get the people that you love killed. Once you make a decision, you have to go 1,000% with that decision. And you have to think on the fly, as they say. So now, what ID have you brought? How can you prove who you are? Do you have picture ID? So you need a state ID, whether it's a driver's license or a non-driver's license. If you're on social services, so you have your benefits card that should have your picture on it. If you're retired from the military or something like that, you have your military ID. If you... Or a student that's in school, you have your school ID that should have your picture on it. Maybe you have job ID that has a picture on it. Anything that can prove that that's you, that you are who you say you are. Then behind that, you need to be able to prove who you are. So you need either the original or a certified copy of your birth certificate and your social security card so that when you get wherever you're going, you can request some services because they're due you because you're a citizen and you've already paid into the system, but you've got to prove who you are to be able to get those funds allocated to you.
0: Right. So right
3: now that's three pieces of ID. That's a picture ID, a state ID a job ID, or a school ID. Even an expired driver's license will work for you in disaster time as proof of who you are, but you will still need other ID to go with it. So your expired driver's licenses, don't throw them away. Put them in your go-bags. So that you can have a piece of valid piece of ID in there. I don't know if you have a passport or not. If not, then that should be on your list uh, of trying to get one. And trying to get it now so that you don't have to pay the exorbitant fees of trying to expedite it. So you set the uh, wheels in motion right now. Fill out the application, pay the fee, and in a couple of weeks, God willing it will get to you, so what other pieces of i d do you need um you need either and what other your
2: Brother Rudolph, wherever you are,
3: beloved, your
2: transmission is uh, going in and out.
3: Okay, all right, all right, all right. What about now, brother? Is that better?
2: Loud and clear, sir. Okay.
3: Okay, so now your medical cards, you need those because wherever you're going, you may need medical attention. And I work in a hospital, so I'm going to tell you,
0: They don't, nobody cares
3: what your emergency is when you walk through that door, really. The first question they ask asking you is, let me see your ID and proof of insurance. Mm-hmm. You could have blood pumping out of your neck, pumping out of your chest, pumping out of your loved one's uh, um, on torso somewhere. They want to see ID and proof of insurance. Now, the law... Emtala, E M T A L A, says that every hospital is required by law to treat you. Oh, but that word "treat" has so many different colors of meaning to it, brother Yusuf.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the hospitals interpret it as being all they have to do is stabilize you. So you're bleeding, patch him up. He ain't got no insurance. Send him on his way. Oh, but she's having a baby. Okay, check her. Is, is she clowning? Oh, baby's not coming. It's not imminent birth. All right. Stabilize her. Sit him on their way. Uh-huh. Oh, he's having a seizure. Oh, uh, see, the, the, the seizure's over. He's in the post-it. All right. He ain't got no insurance. Send him on his way. And God forbid if you happen to stumble on a private hospital, so they don't even have to open their doors to you because they're private. It's only the city or municipal hospitals that are forced to let you in the door as far as the waiting room to the triage area to treat you and triage you and stabilize you. But even with that, wait times in the emergency rooms now are in excess of eight hours. And while you're highly, highly Appalled at that When you get in there Because you see people Coming in You go in They take your information They take you in there Do your blood Your vitals And then they Re-seat you Back in the waiting room And people are hawking and spitting And throwing up And moaning And groaning And all kinds of things snap running out They know all kinds of Going on in that emergency room You're probably Sitting outside In the air And so You're watching people Come in and go out And some people Are taking in before you And you've been sitting there four or five hours, and now you're a little upset, and you come up to window, and now you decide that you're going, in your infinite wisdom, you're going to curse out the registration person. Bad move. In chess, that's, you know, that's tantamount to just giving away a major piece for no good reason. Mm -hmm. So now you cursed out the person who would have been your ally to get you in. Human nature kicks in now. Oh, so I'm Mr. M.F.? I'm bi. Oh, that. Oh, me? okay. So now your paper goes to the bottom of the file, Boop. or into the shredder. Boop. No record that you even checked in. So now when you're complaining, what are you talking about? We have no record of this person in here. Process all over again. Oh yeah, human nature kicks in. So I'm just saying that. <laughs> You keep your cool You have to keep your cool You go and you just ask the question How And you're asking them How long is it going to be And they can't tell you They're not medical They're registration So then you see somebody in scrubs Maybe pushing a wheelchair They may just be a transporter an Orly you they're a nurse Everybody teaches you that has a service, But not for the nurse that's what you said. This is they don't, they don't, you do. They work in a lab, or they work in the transport division, or they work in, in, in the commissary. Or they may be one of the uh, maintenance people. But, hey, that's all right. They got all no scrubs. It's been enough for me. So now you're asking them all kind of questions, all kind of scenarios, and they're entertaining in you, because it makes them feel important. But at the end of the conversation, you still don't have an answer to your question, and you're more close to being seen than you were when you started. Maybe it made you feel good as you told your story. And someone listened. Okay, but now... Now you're still waiting, you're still waiting. Now you get past the triage area, and you get into the back there. You get into a bit, and now the doctors are coming to you, and now the techs come over, and now they're going to draw about 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 vials of blood. They're going to do an EKG to check your heart. They're going to do some x-rays of you. Um, they're going to t- retake more vitals. They're going to ask you questions. Now you're getting frustrated because you're in pain. And you still haven't gotten anything for pain, and they're not going to give you anything for pain just yet. And now the next person comes over, and they start the line of questioning again. And then the third person finally gets over, and you think it's a doctor, it's a resident, and they asking you questions. You take the stuff back and you talk to the main doctor, who's maybe on the phone. He's maybe somewhere in the complex, but not necessarily right there in the emergency room. You've seen a nurse, you, well, what you think is a nurse, but there may be an RN somewhere in there, but that wasn't her that you saw because the RNs are in demand and it's, they're scarce, and so they're in strategic locations. And so maybe you saw an LPN or maybe you saw an EMT or maybe you saw a nurse, aide or maybe you saw a CNA. but you won't know because uh, you're not focusing on that. You saw someone in some scrubs, and you thought that it was the second but you're still laying there in pain. And so four hours later, you're still laying Why? Well, because the hospital is still two, three RNs in the emergency, they have to make their way around to every individual so they can get de- access. And dispense it too. You to You while everybody Holding your hand And rubbing your head And telling Don't worry baby It's going to be okay Big mama ain't there So I'm not You, Because you are Such a hell of a condition There's Such big medical words That you don't know What they mean You're just going along With the program You're being used As a tool And a guinea pig for the medical community, and if you decide, man, I'm done with this. I'm out of here. That's all right. Go ahead and leave. They're billing you anyway because you already they already got your information. So now you're paying for services that you're not even going to get. Oh, it's a hell of a thing, brother Yusuf. It's a hell of a situation. Yeah, that's right. The only way to prevent it is to have never gone. The only way to prevent having to go is. Get them books, How to Eat to Live, book one and book two, and start reading them from cover to cover, line by line, word by word, line by line, page by page. And if you don't understand something, get you a dictionary and parse that word and find out what it means. But How to Eat to Live is written in such a way that a five a uh, 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 person in fifth grade can read the book and understand what each paragraph is talking about. It's right. such, so simplistic, simple instructions. But because we are who we are, we're not going to follow the simple instructions because we make things complicated. So now once we make things complicated, then when we need the help, now we want to humble ourselves. You know, it's similar to going to that same hospital and now you're talking to the health care provider and you're giving them the history, but you're not giving them the full history. You're not telling them everything that you took. You're telling them a little bit of it. So now they're taking your information and they're processing it based on what knowledge they have of, you know, what's going on. But what you also have to remember is that everybody that graduates as a doctor or as a nurse, they didn't graduate the head of the class. Some of them graduated the tail of the class. That person with that 75 graduated just like the person with the 99. But you have to think about where you are. Do you think you got that 99 stu- percent percentile student or did you get the 75 percentile student? Which one? What hospital are you at? Where you at? Harlem Hospital? Where you at? Kings County? Where are you at? Woodhall? Where you at? Norfolk General? Hmm. Uh, are you in uh, Pasadena General? Pontiac General? Cook County? Where are you? Yeah, so these are just some things to think about. But you need to have some ID so you can prove who you are and access the resources that you're trying to get. Then, as you said, Brother Yusuf, you've got to have some cash. Cash moves everything around. Uh-huh. i was, I, was I was digressing. I was going back into it. <laughs> but this is the soundtrack to our life. Everybody has a soundtrack to their life. You think about the right. songs that pertain to what you, who you are, and what you're going through. I mean, we throw hours out there every day. Yeah. yeah. We started off with people get ready. There's a train coming. If you're from New York That's City right. and the train is coming, you know, one, stand back away from the platform before somebody push mm-hmm. you in front of the train.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Second, when the train gets there and the doors open, let the people out before you try to get on. And when you get on, step lively and step quickly into the car, into the middle of the car. Don't stand there in front of the door. Find a seat if you can, if you're lucky. But if not, at least you're on the train and the train is moving. Now you just have to deal with whatever happens while you're in that car and you're moving. But that's how life is. It's situations that come up, and you have to have situational awareness.
2: That's right.
3: Where you are, and what is actually going on. So you have to learn to compartment. You have to learn to uh, um, be compartmental in your thinking. Yeah, something just happened to you twenty minutes ago, but you can't be dwelling on that now. Now is now is now. Now is the present. That was the past. You got to leave that in the past, so you can deal with the present. Because the future is the next stop, and you going to know what's down down them tracks, so that's just the way it is and when you talk about disasters, man, if you're not dealing with up to the date information about what's going on with that disaster, you're dealing with the old news and with disasters, news changes very quickly, and what that's could right. have been the plan five minutes ago if you take that same route could be the your sudden instant death, so you have to have a way to communicate or to receive communications, and we always say you should have that good old transistor radio that takes that one AAA A or that one double a battery, and when you turn it on and pull it on the station, you hear a
0: lot. Of,
3: all of that static, until you get to a station that you want. And that radio should have what we call a weather channel on it, a dedicated weather station that you go to. You're not going to WBLS because you ain't trying to pop your fingers and hear no music. You're trying to find out what's going on. Where is the wind coming from? Where is it going? When is the water going to start? Where is the flash flood coming from? That's what you want to find out you get you a NOAA radio NOAA and that radio will have a dedicated station that no matter what time of day you go to it you're going to get up to date information on what's going on where you are it's an investment so maybe you can't get that tall can of coke 45 for three days or maybe you got to put that pack of newports down what the, uh, I, mean, I guess i guess newports is about ten dollars uh a, a pack now well you sacrifice yes, two of them, them you can get
2: you a, a radio yes sir um.
3: or if it's not newports and all right all right you know i understand you got your uh medical marijuana card so you know and and, and you know times like these what preach said and coolie high times like these Just want to get
0: high.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but when you high, you can't focus on reality. And when the high wears off, you're coming right back down to reality. So how that work? How that do for you? Yeah, so you know, these are just something I know you somebody's saying, Man, Brother Rudolph, what the heck is you talking about? You're supposed to be disaster awareness for community preparedness. You're supposed to be c- telling us the stuff that we need to do. Well we've been piping to you all the day long and you have not lamented. We just we are just the voice of one crying out in the projects. Are you ready? Because it's coming. It's not about if, it's when. Right. You know how you go to the movies and you see a trailer and at the end it says, coming to a theater near you? Well, yeah, this storm is coming to a town near you. So the question is, are you ready? Brother Yusuf?
2: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, look, like a voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight into the desert a highway for our Lord. Look, brothers and sisters, we're at 445 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Brother Rudolph just laid out a wonderful scenario, wonderful in the sense that he's trying to get us prepared to understand situational awareness, knowing what to do, when to do, where to do, how to do. He's trying to let us see that The two dispensations of time are motion and measurement, but you got to make a move first in order to measure your moves. So, and he said, you know, disasters can occur at any time, different levels at different times. And as he was speaking, my electricity didn't go out, but my modem did. So what I had to give in terms of information by way of uh, the Internet right now, gone. But you don't panic. You stay calm in any situation. But I still have the phone. I pray that my transmission is clear. And so just say we get an order to stay home. We want you to have a family plan in place. Stay together at all times and go to a predetermined interior room away from windows if the disaster is a hurricane or a um, tornado, if you will. We know that repetition is the mother of learning. And a reminder benefits those who believe, profits those who believe. And is a mercy to those who believe so You're going to hear time and time again Have an emergency kit Have it stopped And ready to go If you have to evacuate You want to consider Filling your sinks Your bathtubs And buckets full of water For sanitation use If the power goes out You may lose Your water supply Remember one gallon per person per day. Think about filling a cooler with ice to store food in case the power goes out. Bring outdoor, if you have a yard, lawn furniture, toys, garden tools, and tie down objects that cannot be brought inside. You want to make sure All of your portable electronics, your smartphone, your tablet, your MP3 player, your laptop are fully charged. Consider buying a battery-operated charger to use if the power goes out. You want to have plenty of toys and books to keep children entertained? Let someone know you are staying home during the storm. And do not go out in the brief calm as strong winds can pick up sooner than you expect. These are just some of the things to consider if you stay home. But what if you do have to evacuate? I mean, many people ignore when they get that call from authorities, Uh about um, evacuating because they know not what they do, they haven't made a plan, or they don't trust leaving their home because of, you know, things they may have in their home. But one of the things you want to make sure is that you have a full tank of gas in your car, if you have a car or vehicle of some sort. It's best to consider filling up at night because if disaster strikes your area, it may be a possibility that the gas stations will also be impacted by the disaster. Again, bring your car emergency kit or have one in your car. Brother Rudolph mentioned earlier, have cash, small denominations, no bigger than the $20 bill before the storm, because if, in fact, The ATM service may be interrupted. But speaking of interruptions, I'm going to stop right there because we have our dear brother, Brother Allah on the line, who I understand has boots on the ground in the state of Florida. So, Brother Allah, if you're on the line, assalamu alaikum, welcome, brother. Can you bring us up to date of the landscape where you are in terms of your recent experience? with this storm. Brother Law. Well, brothers and sisters, again, He must be he having has,
3: um Yeah, he must be having yeah, uh sir. trouble finding a signal. But he will be on um as soon as he can get to a safe location and get a signal. But we do have yes, yeah, uh he's he is in Florida. He's been there two days now. And um Brothers,
2: he can give us some. Brothers? Yes. As far as I know, Brother Law is on. I don't know if he knows he's on. But everybody who's supposed to be coming on, they have to press one so we know they want to speak. Please.
3: Okay. The 914 number, that's Brother Barry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right let's see let's see who uh who who is who is oh uh, yeah, he just sent me a text and said my signal is horrible,
2: well, you know it's not surprising to us. that's what we're trying to get you our listening audience to understand anything can happen in a twinkling of an eye, you know we were scheduled to have amongst others. Brother Shelton Muhammad of the Black Farmers uh, collaboration, if you will. But he decided not to come on because, again, where he is in a rural area, he knows that, generally speaking, he would have bad reception uh, based on the forecast we were getting. And he was getting where, where he is in an area called Boykins, Virginia. So we'll reschedule him for the next time. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, as Brother Rudolph was just speaking, I lost all of my uh, Internet power. And so until Brother Allah gets in a better position, I'll pick up where yes, we sir. left off on the subject if you evacuate. Yes, you sir. you want to take extra supplies or no, before you evacuate, I left off talking about getting cash before the storm because ATM service may be interrupted. Y'all remember I said that last. You also want to uh, consider shutting off the power, the water, and the gas before you leave. If you have no expertise, then um, make sure you get a professional to turn your gas back on. Take extra supplies with food, with you, with water, food. You may be stuck in traffic for a long period of time. Bring your cell phone and charger. Bring any medications you may need and or important medical records. You want to carry all valuables and important documents in a waterproof container. If you are traveling with children, make sure they have plenty of snacks, toys, books, and movies to keep them entertained. If you are traveling with pets, be sure they have the necessary supplies and accommodations. Follow the roads that emergency workers recommend, even if there's traffic, other routes. May be blocked And as Brother Rudolph said uh, Go to your AM stations And look for the designated uh, Weather channel On your AM radio To get the update of What's going on on the roads So those were just Some of the points we wanted to share Here in the first hour If you stay at home if you evacuate. And then there are other things to consider like power outage safety, generator safety if you have a generator, water safety, cell phone versus landline, other tips for your family, and other tips for seniors. But as we enter the second hour of this uh week's program, I'll pass it back to Brother Rudolph and then we'll pick up where we left off. Brother Rudolph.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Brother Yusuf. Thank you, brother. Excellent excellent information. Excellent detailing of it. And I pray that our listeners, you know, that are here have the wherewithal and the ability to document and uh, 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 write, uh, you know, to write down some of this stuff that we're giving them, if they don't already know it. I know some of you may be on. And say, man, brother Joe, talk about the same stuff every week. Yes, yes, we do. Repetition is the mother of learning, and as brother Yusuf always so eloquently reminds us, disaster preparedness is like education and spirituality. It co- comes in degrees of understanding. So we have to start at kindergarten, so to speak, before we can get you up into the master's degree program. Now, for those of you who feel that you have um, successfully passed the go bag and the flashlight battery uh uh um classes then that's fine then um go down the hall and go into the first room on your left and take a seat and we'll move into the next uh phase of disaster preparedness which uh called the uh facilities management class so now what systems need to be put in place now, prior to, or what systems can you put in place on the go while you're actually out there or when you get to somewhere that is a little safer than where you left? What system can you put in place that can hold you? Brother Rudolph, yes, sir.
2: I believe yes, we sir. have our subject matter experts on, Brother Barry and Brother Allah. I believe they're okay. on there.
3: All right, let's go with Brother, uh, ba- Brother Barry. Hold on. Let's go with Brother Allah first because he's, as they say, in the eye of the storm. So, Brother Allah, you on the line? Can you hear us? All right, then uh let's go with Brother Barry again
1: Brother hey. Barry. Greetings, greetings, family.
3: All right, all right, all right, sir. all right. Greetings, sir. Okay, now Brother Barry is physically, geographically in the New York City area. Uh, Brother Barry, can you tell us uh what, what, what's what, what's going on where you are?
1: Well, temperature has been in the 60s. Most of the day It's going to drop down into the 50s. Got a little bit of wind. Um, you know The, the trees, uh, the leaves are blowing a little bit. It's been cloudy okay. all day. Um, no precipitation as yet, but I've spoken to folks in uh, Carolina, uh, meaning uh, South Carolina, Charleston area, and even in the Charlotte area of North Carolina, which is inland more more than anything else, uh, they're getting right. consistent rain as well. But no rain here oh. up up this far south yet.
3: Okay. Now, the clouds that you're looking at are they layered clouds or are they? It's just flat cloudy coverage.
1: No, it's just flat cloud, cloudy coverage. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's oh. great great skies.
3: Okay, Grace Scott, okay. Now, for those of you that's listening, you may be wondering, what the hell are they talking about, layered clouds or just black clouds? <laughs> uh, it's terminology germane to what we do, but it's a way of knowing, uh, uh, as the scripture says, uh, reading the signs of heaven.
0: <laughs>
3: Remember, our ancestors were able to navigate ships. They were able to navigate their trails and their traveling on land, daytime or nighttime, without the use of GPS, compass, or a map, because they are just certain signs that they were taught that was passed down from, to them from their ancestors, and they paid attention and learned them.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
3: why I was asking him that in that way. You know, just basic stuff like, The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. That helps. If it's a clear night and you can find Polaris, then you know that that's the north star, so you can kind of evaluate which direction you're going in. But suppose it's a cloudy night. Then um, how do you navigate travel? Do you know what side of a tree moss grows on? So you'll know whether you're going north, south, east, or west. Which way do streams go? Which way do rivers run? Do you know? Do you know which way interstates go? Which way, uh, uh, you know, you have your three-letter interstates, you have your two-letter interstates. Do they travel north, south? Do they travel east, west? Do you even know? Back to you, Brother Barry. Well, Barry,
0: can
3: you hear me? Okay, I think we may have lost him. Can can you hear me? Okay, I hear you now.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, as you was explaining to folks and saying, um, you know, he was asking those questions, do you know this, do you know that, Um, you really got to really want this stuff. You know, you really got to want it. it. And, you know, you was asking me about, the weather, and I started talking about the cloud cover, you know, and, and I was saying it in, I'll say, layman's terms, for lack of right. a phrase, but those clouds are actually stratus clouds, right? right? Those are the clouds, as I described, you know, total gray sky, uh, low-level low clouds, as opposed to, uh, you know, another layman's term would be the big, puffy, white clouds. No, it's not that kind of a day, because I can't see blue nowhere. You know, I don't right. see the big balls of cotton in the sky; those are cumulus right. clouds. But cumulus. no, today here right. in this New York region, it's these are stratus clouds, low level, gray sky all the way through everywhere you look.
3: Which means that you're that that it's imminent that you're going to get some partic- precipitation at some point. Absolutely,
1: and, yes, sir. And
3: the darker the cloud coverage, the closer the cloud, the, the cloud cover looks to you. The faster it's going to come on. You know, uh, you know. Another question that came to mind, brother Barry, for the layman to um, uh, study and inquire. Okay, okay, when you hear thunder, and you see lightning. Do you know how far off it is from you or do you know how to calculate how far off it is or how close it's getting to you as you're hearing it and seeing it? That is also a sign that if you learn, you can uh, tell which way the storm, whether it's coming or leaving, and you can approximate how much time you have before you're in the thick of it. But again, like you said, this is something that you have to want, and it's something that you have to be a student of in order to learn these things Barry? yeah yeah it, it, it's absolutely true um
1: and and I know that that learning curve, man we know it is long and it, and it's, it's it's a big arch you know in terms of the, you know the learning curve, but um as as things become applicable. To you, your lifestyle, where you live, your environment uh yeah you got you gotta know it, man, you know, you know me, I'm always pushing folks to get their the you know the aviation uh license uh certifications, and yeah. if there's one thing you better know, you better know your clouds if you're up there, you know right. um right <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> yeah, you can't just pull over man, you can't pull over <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs>
3: Hey man, pull over by that puffy cloud, man Yeah So, you know, it's all all relative, man You know, my my favorite line,
1: you know, with this preparedness thing It's like, I just put it in perspective, man I be like, real clear I take your line, straight talk with state understanding And that's that
0: Yes, sir You know, it's, it's, it's
1: real,
2: man well, brother Barry, you're talking about aviation and flying, brother. You know, if a disaster strikes while flying, brother, and you have to use your parachute, brother, can you connect the dots and share with our listening audience your your analogy of uh, using that parachute and the <laughs> importance of?
1: Yeah, yeah I, ain't, I ain't told that to nobody in a long time. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's the it's the it's it's principle. It's the principle of, uh, you know, provident uh, preparation, you know, and, it, and it's like a parachute. And see, the thing about it is, I just want to preface this real quick. And, and I said it earlier, you got to want this thing, man, right? you got to want to live, right? You can't be uh, half uh, uh, doing anything when, when your life and your family life is on the line, right, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll get tired of your house floating into the ocean, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so, like, this whole thing about the parachute piece, if you miss anything, if, you know how you have, you have options, right? right? Sometimes you can go left, you can go right. Um, right. Uh, might, you might be in a situation where it's like, okay, if I don't do it this way, you know, I can get away with it if I do it that way. It don't work like that, man. And so that's what this, this, this analogy is about. So here it go. And this is relative to preparation. And preparation is like a parachute. You must have it before you need it. You must have it on when you need it. You must know how to use it when it is needed you actually must use it is needed and it must be in good quality and work when you use it and more importantly right and see the thing about that is if any one of those things are missing you lose right so in terms of the analogy the analogy and with preparation and this parachute serum if you will. The main thing out of all of that at the end is you must learn how to pack your own parachute. Right.
0: Mm. You
3: didn't pack it, you won't know what's in there. Um right. Yeah, you gotta yeah, you gotta
0: know
1: this thing. To you, you gotta really, you gotta you gotta believe it, man. You know? Yeah. Um and yeah. this way you don't have to learn it the hard way, man. You know, like by like, like dying. <laughs>
3: Going splat! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Only you and
3: brother
2: Rudolph, aka the disaster of doom, would speak straight words. Uh, uh, tell us how you really feel.
0: <laughs> Incoming,
3: <laughs> real
2: brothers and sisters. We're not playing.
3: Yeah. Brothers and sisters, uh, don't get, don't take this the wrong way. Don't think that we're making light of this stuff. No, what we're doing is we're trying to inject some levity into it because it's such a serious situation and disasters. Disaster preparedness is a topic that more often than not, it's going, it's going south. It's going to go south, and it's going to go south quickly. And this is why we stress over and over and over again the basics of it because, you know what, it's like playing a game, whether it's football or basketball. Now, you could play a team that has – play basketball. You could play a team that has five superstars, five Michael Jordans on the team. Or you could play a game of football that has, uh, 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 you know – all nothing but superstars on the team. But if you stick to the basics of the game, there's a great possibility that you can win that game just by sticking to the basics. And this is what we're trying to get you to understand. It's a great possibility that you, if it be the will of God, first of all, and then you do your homework, you can survive the disaster or the encounter just by sticking to the basics. And as they used to say on DragNet, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Yo, man. I'm sorry. If, 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 I'm... You know, if, you, if you know how to, if you know how to swim well, it don't matter how deep the water is, man.
3: Okay. Now, now you let's know? hold that statement right there. How many black people know how to swim? Let's start with that question. And then we'll go with the well, okay?
1: Well, by nature, we all do because we, we, we swam
3: out to start with. Right. But most people forgot about that. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they forgot you know? about
1: that. Part and and, and yeah. we
3: got away from the
1: water bursts,
3: so hey. Right. Right. So, so, so there goes that one. <laughs> A hell of a time to think, to re, be reminded of that, that fact is when you're neck deep in the water and your feet are not touching the bottom. That's right. Again, I always tell people, uh, you know, jokingly, I was in the Navy some years. I couldn't swim from here to across the street on top of the water. And I could do it on the bottom now. I can swim on the bottom, but that on top moving stuff. Now, Brother Forrest can do it. I've watched Brother Forrest. Brother Forrest be in that pool be, be looking like the man from Atlantis. And for any of you that know Brother Forrest, I mean, that's like the the, the seventh or eighth wonder of the world right there. Right. But yeah, you know, now I can survive. I know how to survive in the water. I know water survival. I know how to float if I need to. But that propelling stuff, I haven't quite mastered that yet. But how many people can't even, don't even know how to float when they get in the water because they get so overwhelmed by get by fear of the water that they panic and they hasten on their own doom. I'm just digressing. We can go back to the
2: topic. Yeah, no, well, brothers, thank you for sharing that because it's really critically important. You never know what we say, who's receiving it in the way they need to receive it. So I, I, I thank you, Brother Barry, for calling in, number one. Number two, offering your expertise as you normally do. And that parachute analogy is, is right on. I pray that our listening audience understands the significance of those principles you shared. And, you know, when you brothers start talking about the clouds, the stratus cloud, the low-level gray cloud, and the cumulus clouds, I mean you were taking me to another level and you actually reminded me of my mother who was a biologist by profession. And you know, one of the things uh, in one of our lessons that asks what makes rain, hail, snow, and earthquakes, the answer yes, is, many of us know that the earth is approximately covered under water. approximately three-fourths of the earth's surface, the sun and the moon, having attracting power on our planet while our planet is making the terrific speed of 1,037 and a third miles on its way around the sun. The sun draws this water up into the Earth's rotation, which is called gravitation in a fine mist that that the naked eye can hardly detect. But as this mist ascends higher and increasing uh, with other mists of water in different currents of atmosphere, until when she becomes heavier than the gravitation, then she distills it back to the earth in the form of drops of water or drops of ice, which depends on how heavy the mist was. In the current of the air It was in You see brothers and sisters Ladies and gentlemen There are some layers Or currents of air Real cold and warm Some very swift And changeable So when the water strikes One of these cold currents It becomes Solid ice In small round droplets And form or in a light, fluffy form called snow, but this water is not ever drawn above six miles from the Earth's surface by the sun and moon. The reason it rains back on our planet is because it cannot get out of the Earth's sphere with its high speed of rotating around the sun makes it impossible. Those different levels of conversation we have with those on this line. We don't know who's on this line, but we pray everything that we say here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness increases your level of consciousness that you would turn what you hear into practical application and even daily implementation. And so bro- back to you, brother, uh, Brother Barry, I know you said you made contact with people in North Carolina. We heard from one of our consistent listeners, Brother Rudolph's sister, Ajuba, who just informed me that, uh, you know, she heard a loud bump in her house and the light blinked. He said, should I pull out the power handle and turn off the power? says, I have fuses in my house. Then she went on to do her research, and she found the, uh, I guess, what's considered in her area the Duke Energy Emergency Number that she was given, and uh, she's going to make a call to them. So, uh, Brother Barry, based on your expertise, should she have pulled out the power handle and turned off the power, or should she have waited until the either smelled or saw smoke.
1: She already pulled the plug?
2: No, she was asking the
1: question. Oh. Well, use her senses, go look, go see, smell, hear yeah, if there's anything kind of like sizzling near that box. Because um, uh, that, that thump, it, it could have been something that fell in the yard, it could have been a tree, you know, anything. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out all of the surroundings of of, of the uh, the structure she's in her home. Um, depending on where she's at, you know that phone call is what it is. You know, uh, especially I mean, if she's lucky enough to have spoken to someone, oh well. But even if even in that case, all that person is going to do is just take a note. Um, you know, because there there's so much stuff going on. You say she's in North Carolina.
2: Yeah, she's in the Raleigh, North Carolina area and uh I told her something similar before she pulled uh, before she pulled the plug, but um it's about that situational awareness again, brothers and sisters ladies and gentlemen. Um I think we have brother Allah on the line at this time. So brother Allah, if you're on the line, brother, welcome. Assalamu alaikum. Please give us an update of the landscape where you are and uh Brother Rudolph temporarily dropped, but he'll be back
3: on soon. Yeah, I'm back on. I'm back on. Go ahead, Allah. Good.
2: Assalamu
4: alaikum. Can you hear me? Well, alaikum salam sir yes, sir. yes, sir. Oh, I can see. I can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always, it's always good to be on the show. It's good to hear my brother's voices, and y'all are broadcasting. Uh, I'm here in Orlando. I've been here in Orlando all week uh preparing for the storm and, and doing a disaster response uh disaster response here. Um, it was it, it, it's a, this is a rough one, brothers. It's a rough one. And those out here that live in the communities they know how rough it really is. It 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 wasn't it wasn't always it wasn't the wind and the actual storm. It was the aftermath that got a lot of people in the Orlando region that I'm in. And also, in the Fort Myers region, it, was the, it may have been the storm and the wind and the rain. Uh, but here in Orlando, the problem is the, the, the system that they have in place to prevent the flooding that's causing the flooding. Um, here in the Orlando region, they have a system in place called levelers underneath the ground which levels out all of the lakes and the ponds that keep, and the drainage ditches that keep the water levels down. What ended up happening is is that the water levels, once the lake, the pond, and all the rivers are full, it starts to back up into the streets. The system is doing its job a little bit too well to a certain degree and it's pushing the water back into the streets. And once it gets into the streets, it gets back onto the property and from the properties into people's homes. So hours after the storm was over, we were having f- flooding problems here in Orlando. And it was backing up into a lot of the communities because the water had no place to go. And the leveling system just kept pushing the water back out into the lakes, and the lakes kept pushing it back into the com- into the communities. So it was doing uh, what it was supposed to do, but was causing a reverse effect, which ended up causing us to have to evacuate after the storm, and a lot of properties, nursing homes, and hospitals, and 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 vital resources ended up being. In jeopardy because of that and also a lot of the residential areas ended up getting flooded apartment buildings hotels um, how we I just got in this morning and we we were that's what we were doing taking getting people out of different types of housing facilities all night in the water and we started May when we got there it may have been a foot of water and hours later, four or five hours later, it was three feet of water, so the water was still rising, and it may still be rising in certain communities because of the leveling system underneath the ground. It's also connected to the sewage, which is just it just it just tries to keep the water balanced and level all the way around, but it's leveling the whole community with water wow,
3: you know it, it's it's crazy, and this is just me. This is just Brother Rudolph thinking out loud. You would figure a place like Florida that has hurricanes on a regular, on a regular, okay? They see this on a regular. Somebody somewhere in the emergency management team would ask the question, okay, well, if this happens every time it floods, what else can we do uh, to... Help alleviate the uh, situation. Can we do to mitigate this situation? With how can we deal with this constant flooding and something? The people that live there, the residents of flood zones. And again, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm I, I'm just asking this question because I just can't understand. How you can keep going back to the same situation and going through the same situation over and over and over again without making a major drastic change in your lifestyle or living conditions? Just you know, again, just thinking out loud.
4: Well, brother, I, I really feel like they have a pro a pro they actually have a product that people can't refuse. I mean, they keep it looking beautiful. They keep it looking nice. The weather is beautiful. It's just a product that people can't refuse. And people just keep coming back without actually learning or teaching the lesson to build and add the infrastructure necessary to keep it nice. It's kind of like that car that's beautiful looking, but it doesn't really run that well. You never, you never put the white right
3: car into it. Michigan. Brother, you do realize I live in Michigan, right? You do realize we're live on the air, and I'm talking from Detroit, the capital of GM, Chrysler, Ford, and all of that, right? So you can't be talking about these people's cars like that, brother.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But we all, we all, we
4: all, we all had that beautiful car that just never ran right.
3: You mean after we after, after we, after we,
4: after we finished paying for it, that's when it just started acting strange.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, together just enough
0: to
3: make, get that last payment.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that's exactly what what's happening here. Is that they just keep the wheels on, the, the engine running, and the wheels going? But it's not, and it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, there's a lot of problems, infrastructure problems that they never really address, or they or they dress it up to make it look like something that is really not.
3: Yeah, you would figure people would invest more in houseboats down there. Well, they did
4: invest in a lot in the houseboat in Fort Myers, all the boats in the pier and all the boats in the marina ended up on the land and I don't understand why. I'm still confused of why everyone's boat was still in the marina and not moved further further west but out of the eye of the storm. You know.
0: But this storm was really
4: major in size and uh on the west on the on the east side of the of the peninsula which is uh uh where they the thing is that Daytona Beach has been touched really severely and we have teams out there right now in the water still doing evacuations right it's 72 hours in
3: well you know my son lives uh little ruby he 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 lives in Fort Myers and so I was in touch with him up until about 48 hours ago, um, and he was telling me that what was going on. He said that uh, all the malls had shut down, the businesses had shut down. Um, it was basically a curfew put in place, and that if you wasn't uh, – where you needed to be, you better hurry up and get there because it, you you couldn't be out and around because nothing was going. Buses wasn't running, you know, nothing was going on. And businesses closed to keep people off the street.
4: Oh yes, sir. There was a there was a curfew here, and only only authorized personnel could travel for the last two days. Um, Today, to, uh, this morning was like around the first time and it was lifted, but they didn't want anybody but military, police, and fire, and EMS personnel, uh, medical personnel on the street right. uh, prior to the, hours prior to the storm and up until this morning, basically, is the first time people really were out and about. Everything was closed and everything, a lot of things are still closed here. There was no place to go or nothing to do for you to be out in the street. Right. Yesterday and the day prior. Makes
3: sense. Makes sense.
4: There were still roads that you may have gone through in the morning, and you might have dodged a couple of um, some debris going in, but on the way out, that road wasn't there anymore. It was covered by water.
3: Okay. So, Hospitals, Um are they evacuating people to other area hospitals, or are they um, just staying where they are, just moving? And here's another thing, because historically I don't remember too many buildings down there that have a lot of floors in it, like New York City, where you could just move people from the first, second, third, fourth floor up to the ninth, tenth, eleventh floor. And you know, just deal with it like that. Uh, so, what's the situation with that? So, the hospitals,
4: the hospitals, uh, they 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 worked on some infrastructure with the hospitals. We have some flooded parking lots, but we don't have flooded hospitals. We may have okay. to, there's some hospitals that are surrounded by water. Yeah. So people have to walk through two or three feet of water to get out of it. But they are, or they may have lost their cars. But we didn't lose the hospital
0: the okay. nursing homes okay. on
4: the other hand, we lost a lot of nursing homes, and we had to we had to physically go in and we had to get the military with people movers to go in there, which is like large Humvees that yeah. are like yeah. vehicles of tall tall vehicles. And they drive in there and they fill, a, fill them up with people. Fill them up with and people they,
0: and, and drive them out. Right.
4: And, and drive them out. That's the only way. And, and we and we did that several times. We different several missions. I can say maybe ten missions where we've pulled out hundreds of people.
0: Okay. The That's one it. we
4: were at last night, we pulled out two hundred people. The one uh, there were other teams moving one hundred and forty people. Uh, Emptying our whole nursing homes where the where the patients were was sitting in in water. Wow. The water had come all the way inside and flooded the building with two three feet of water. Wow.
2: Yes, sir. Brothers, Michael.
3: pardon me for the brother, yes, you brothers, sir. but
2: you have brother Singleton is on. Brother Singleton is ready.
3: Oh, let's let's bring him on. Uh, um, yeah, uh, John. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on uh, for the listeners? This is um, Mr. John Singleton, who is the um, yeah. I'm gonna put it out there, John. I'm, I'm putting it out there. He is the he is the, only, he, he is the CEO and the founder and the owner of the only African American owned and operated EMS service in the state of Michigan. Now, I'm
0: gonna say that
3: again. I'm going to say that again. The only black-owned and operated not ambulance company EMS service. Big difference than an ambulance company. Ambulance company is a company that has ambulances that just do transports. We own, see I said we, we own
0: an EMS
3: service where we're capable of Yeah, doing the transports. We can do the dialysis transport. We can pick you up, take you to a facility, bring you home to a facility. We can also respond to 911 emergencies anywhere in the state if they give us the call. We have those capabilities. We can do standbys at um, sporting events to ensure that large gatherings of people have medical coverage um when things you know when things like that go on. Um yeah, we are complete EMS service. So that's why I said it that way. So um I just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, John, welcome to the show. John Singles. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Muhammad. But Yeah. So uh um here's the question for you, John, since you're on you're on. Um, uh-huh. What is your take or, 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 or what do you think uh, um, why do you think you are the only black-owned and operated EMS service in the entire state of Michigan? Well, so, um I, I really
1: want to say that you know it's been a trend. Um, EMS services is basically um, that we we have never just really got involved in. Uh, I mean, it could be a lot more involved in it too, but um, I think that we just never really pushed it. And with people don't realize, Mohammed works with me very closely, and uh, without him, we we push this together
3: and um, made
0: it happen. That's my quick version.
3: For the record, let me say this. I'm the operations manager. He's the administrator. So all the paperwork that needed to be done, which I did not do, did know nothing about, John did that. <laughs> all I did was came in and put my expertise in that. I thank my father, the late commander James Rocky Robinson, Beat
1: EMS, and that's what it takes. That's, me, that's what it takes to make it, make it a great company.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who beat it into me, who, again, for those listening, the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps, the only black-owned and operated volunteer ambulance company in the nation. So oh. um, I asked the question facetiously. The answer, the real answer is because there aren't many people who are going to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed to make something like that happen. Because you're talking about sacrificing your time, your resources, and your family. Because that's a 24-7 commitment. You can't just do 9 to 5 like a bank and shut it off and pick it back up the next morning. No, this is a 24-7 commitment. And all of your expendable resources and those that you don't have, you have to pour into a business like this. Because our people, the very people that we're trying to get to the help are the very ones that won't support it. For the most part, but we still have to be out there to do it because if we can get one and help them out of a tragic situation, then it's a job well done. So I'm just throwing that out there, and just for y'all, those of y'all that are listening, um, first response EMS is coming to a city near you: Atlanta, yeah. DC, Maryland. I'm um, just throwing things out there, just throwing stuff out, brother Yusuf. Hot water term. area. That's right. You know, so we do have. So, as again, as we're talking, we have black-owned farms. We have a black-owned EMS service. We have these things. Now we have to connect them with the people that need them, so that we can sustain, and so that the people can be sustained. And that's what the purpose of this show is. To connect the dots and connect the resources, brother Youssef? That's right. It's about community investment,
2: community involvement, community partnership for community risk reduction. Brothers and sisters, we have to do for self, or we'll suffer the consequences, as That's the most right. honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is teaching us. And so we thank God for Commander Rocky Robinson, the father of Brother Rudolph, who showed us how it was done with the bed Volunteer Ambulance Corps there in Brooklyn, New York. And to That's his right. dying his last breath, he was committed yes, sir. to raising up the community, the young people, to teach them more about not just basic first aid, Not just to become an EMT, not just to become a paramedic, but to give them the discipline that no matter what disciplines they desire desire to go into, they would have the basics of knowing, LOC, tapping into people's level of consciousness. They would have the basics of ABC, knowing whether it was physically, mentally, morally. Or other than that, that to assess a person's airway, their breathing, and their circulation would start them toward bringing them back to life. Both the people they would be administering uh, their expertise to and realizing that to whom much is given, much is required. So they would also be giving themselves life. So my dear brother, thank you for what you're doing there in Michigan. And thank you for recognizing the expertise of Brother Rudolph. It was an old saying that our dear brother, Brother uh, Gil Noble of Like It Is in New York yeah. used to say. He used to say, one not need be a jeweler to know a diamond when you see one. So I'm sure you recognize the value of a diamond in Brother Rudolph as he did in you. So keep doing what you do, brother, and um, feel free to come on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness at any time because, again, you know, there's a need for us in our community to have a, uh institution like you have there in Michigan, like Brother, Allah has wherever brother Allah is. He's like I think the word is well, ubiquitous. The jazz, yes, yes, the sir. jazz, yes, the jazz singer uh, uh Roy Ayers had an album called <laughs> Ubiquitous,
0: <laughs> all
2: places at all times. Brother, Allah, we thank Allah for you, brother, for your ability to submit to both motion and measurement as you take you know, your expertise and the team that works with you all up and down the East Coast, all over the 2,000 by 3,000. Brothers and sisters, it's 541 p.m. You're listening to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And so I'm just eternally grateful. Um I reached out as you were talking to uh Sister Southeast Regional Director Brenda Brooks. Of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters, she lives
0: laakum in laakum. That
2: Orlando. Why, Lakemore Salam, man? Yes, yes. I'm John, sorry. It seemed like I heard.
3: Oh, 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 I'm sorry. That that's in my background. John, stay on the line. Don't hang up, John. Well, I'm gonna fall okay. back because of the time. Go ahead, brother John. Go ahead, brother Rudolph. No, no, I just want to, uh, John, uh, uh, I, well, I just wanted to put this out there to the listening audience. If you're in the Michigan area or coming to the Michigan area, we got work. We have work. We have more work than we have employees. If you're in the medical field, if you're an EMT, a paramedic, if you're a first responder, if you're a medic- an emergency medical responder, if you're a chauffeur if you are one who knows how to operate wheelchair lift vans and vehicles we have work at the first response ems service in detroit michigan john can you give them the the way that they can contact us uh if they are in the area and are looking for work absolutely um they can actually call a 1-800 number,
1: and that's um, 833-633-3367. And technically, it will be 833-NEED-EMS. repeat that number, Brother Joe. Okay. It would be
0: 833
1: 633 3367. Okay, you, and the acronym is basically 833 three, need EMS.
3: So, Excellent. Thank the you, brother, brother
0: you,
1: brother, and you, you see why I got Muhammad with me? He makes it happen. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir, brother. Brother Paul. Yes, brother. Um, Uh, Breaking news: Cinderell Causeway in Florida uh, just collapsed, and two million people in Florida without electricity.
3: That makes sense.
2: Wow, army. Wow, the power of water. The power of water, my brothers. The power of water.
3: Oh man, my God. May Allah and you know may Allah have mercy on those people, Yes, family um this is what we deal with with disaster awareness, for community preparedness, boots on the ground, we are not sitting in any cushy offices anywhere. we are actually in the street wherever these things are happening, we are out here up to the date up to date real time information, so that's why a lot of times you may hear. A lot of noise in our background, stuff we can't control because we're actually out here in the thick of things as we're doing our show. So um, thank you, Brother Forrest, for that. Uh, So as John said, if you're in the area or coming to the area or know someone in the area that's looking for work, have them contact First Response EMS at 833-NEED-EMS. They can hit us up on send an email to us also at contact C O N T A C T at First Response dot snet N-E-T. Contact at first response C M S dot net. So, John, would you like to say anything to the people before we uh,
1: uh, uh, get no, off the air? No, actually, Mohammed, you said you said it great. So I'm I'm good, and I, I enjoy being on here.
3: All right. Well, thank you, John. And I, 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 I'll I'll get in touch with you a little later on after the show. Yes, sir. All right. Allah, you still on the air? Yes, sir. Yes sir. Okay. All right. So you told us what's going on in Orlando. We uh got a report of what's going on in Fort Myers area, the Tampa area. How, how, what's going on there?
4: So in the Tampa area, we had uh we had units out in the Tampa area. They they dealt with a lot of flooding and some wind issues, but there's a lot of uh there's a lot of power outages. I didn't mention the power outages we do have a lot of power outages. Um, that's not really in my wheelhouse.
0: Right. And there
4: are millions of people, even in the Orlando area, it, statewide, that have a lot of power outages. Um, we that's not really in my wheelhouse. I don't. I don't. I don't really deal with that part. We just deal with the evacuations and the flooding and, and the emergency stuff. But we do prior to the storm. They did move a lot of uh, cherry pickers and utility trucks inside the area prior to the storm. They were coming down when I came down on, on Thursday and moving up and down the highway on Thursday and Friday prior to the storm. There were lines and lines and lines of utility trucks pulling into Florida. So I'm I'm sure that they'll be able to get that back online. It's just they would we, we were all waiting for the okay to move certain resources into certain areas. As of right now we still have flooding issues and water that's still climbing. So that's a that that's a, a hard task to get to certain areas. Um the other morning I was woke I was awoken by a transformer exploding in the distance. Mm-hmm. And that's what hit a lot of the regions of the Orlando area. The transformer blew out right out across. across. I could see across town from my window. I'm in a hotel in the Orlando Hilton, and I could see the transformer exploding. I just mm-hmm. saw a big blue light in the distance. It looked like firework like a big ball of a big blue flame, and it just exploded. And then it went twice, and that was it. And from then on, people started complaining in the Orlando area, the, the downtown area, that they didn't have power. But that's been a problem all over the state, where people are having uh, uh, millions of people are having power outages. I don't foresee it being a problem for long, as long as they can access the areas with the water, with the heightened war, water to rebuild some of the uh the tele- the light poles and the telephone poles um we we still have we still have uh we don't have rainfall right now the day is pretty nice it's a, it's a 80 degree day there's a little breeze coming through you, you wouldn't anticipate it being after a storm but uh i don't i don't anticipate this being a long term thing but the recovery will be long term because you still have a lot of people homeless and a lot of people that are still trying to seek resources to help them fix what they lost. The, 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 the creeks and the, and the lakes are still cresting. The water has nowhere to go right now. And everybody's just working with what they have right now, brother. We, we're just here on standby, making sure that everybody's okay. We will be, Um, soon I'll be shipping out to Fort Myers and assisting down there a little more once they allocate the resources and are able to distribute the resources
2: or to to Daytona.
0: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Well, brother Allah, one thing for sure, brother, we are eternally grateful that you had the opportunity to call into our program We're grateful that you're safe, brother, and that you're serving as only we know you to do, willing to risk your life, brother, in the midst of the storm. And uh, I, I, I believe our listening audience knows that what the report you gave, brother, the update of the landscape, if you will, was priceless. So you stay safe, brother, and give your team our sir. best regards on behalf of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. If there's any uh, last comments as we are entering into the last nine minutes of our program, you'd like to share, Brother Law. Go right ahead, Brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. I appreciate what your brothers do every week. I appreciate
4: everybody who, who, who's listening. And please grab this information because, as they say, the life you save may be your own and the information you learn and the knowledge is power and the information you may obtain may be the one that, the the one gem that you get may be the one that saves you. I apologize for, I'm a little bit off today. I'm still trying to warm up from being in that water all day. Um, a little tired, but, um, I'm here, and I appreciate y'all calling and and and, and listening and and broadcasting. And I'm just going to leave you in the with the blessings and the and, the, and
3: say assalamu alaikum. Waalaikum Walaikum-
2: salam, good brother. Right, thank listen, you, brother. Thank you, thank you.
3: Listen, brother. Allah, this is what you need to do since you're back at the hotel, right? All right. Epsom salt and some wintergreen alcohol. And fill up the tub with some hot water and get in it and just soak brother, about 20, 30 minutes. Let let the Epsom salt soak into your muscles and into your body. And you sit in that water so that you can uh, warm yourself up, warm your core back up, and you can relax and soothe your muscles. That will help with the uh, warming up and, and with those sore muscles so you can get back out there and do it all over again in a few hours.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, because exactly what you said, in a few hours. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs)
3: Man. All right, brother, don't take no – listen, keep your head on the swivel, and don't take no chances, brother. Remember, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich.
2: Yes, sir. There you have it. Thank you, Brother Allah. Brothers and sisters, I'm looking right now. There's a state of emergency all up and down the southeastern coast from Florida to Georgia to South Carolina to North Carolina to Virginia. Power outages in the Carolinas are increasing. This storm is going from a hurricane to a uh, tropical storm warning. To a tornado warning We've had flash floods And be aware of the storm surge And flooding As Brother Law mentioned to us Be more concerned About flood safety And Flood insurance We've had programs on That as well And so remember brothers and sisters The the pre The during and the post Disaster you want to Make a family plan that everybody in your family understands what to do, when to do, how to do, where to do, situational awareness. The better you're prepared, the better you're prepared to calm fears, calm fears. Brother Law said this particular climactic condition that came through Florida and uh, we're getting this impact up in Virginia now, It's not like something they've seen in recent history. So you want to be able to give your family strength by proper preparation, by offering them whatever it takes to calm their fears, by giving them confidence to get ready to evacuate if you have to. And then as the post, you want to be able to put yourself in position to clean up together You want to be sensitive toward the seniors in your community. Give them a call. See how they're doing. Because some seniors are living by themselves, and we just never know what they're going through until we call them to check up on them. So just wanted to share that. Uh, Stay in tune, brothers and sisters. We're at 6.56, the last four minutes of this week's program continue to get informed, continue to make a plan, continue to develop your survival kit, and continue to periodically reassess. When Brother Allah said, the life you save may be your own. That's something that my biological father always said. So thank you for bringing his spirit and that life-saving principle back up brother Allah thank you thank you thank you thank you brother John Singleton for doing what you do with the first responders EMS because whether it's what you're doing there or what the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters have been missioned to do it's about recruitment it's about retention and it's about retiring with dignity but you never really retire you just retread but you want to give That's our right. youth an opportunity to know that there are careers out there for them if they just take the opportunity to take advantage of it no matter you know where you are in your life uh in terms of diversity where you are in your life in terms of equity where you are in terms In your life in terms of inclusion Consider becoming A first responder Emergency medical technician A paramedic A firefighter We need you now more than ever Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen And so as I give Brother Rudolph The opportunity to close us out for this week I want to thank all of our listening audience for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. Thank Brother Allah, Brother John, Brother Barry, sister Ajuba for texting in. Pray you're all right, Sister Ajuba, and that uh, whatever happened with that boom will be uh, mitigated, taken care of, and you can move right along. So, brothers and sisters, again, it's been a great pleasure for me, as it is every week. Serve you in this capacity, I want to thank my wife and my children and my grandchildren for their sacrifice because were were it not for them, I wouldn't be able to have the steps that Almighty God is ordering of me and making my firm my feet what it is without their assistance so as I said, even uh as we share these words. Me, you, and we—I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility—the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you for tuning in to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. As I pass this on to Brother Rudolph in the closing, love you. Assalamualaikum.
3: Waalaikum salam. And in my closing today, I just want to. Nirvana and chronicle a poem titled Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. Well, son, I'll tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It's had tacks in it and splinters and boards torn up and places with no carpet on the floor bare, but all the time. I's been a-climbing on and reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it's kind of hard. Don't you fail now. Still going, honey. i still climbing, and life for me ain't been no crystal stand. Well, life in America for people of color ain't been no crystal stand. There's always a disaster looming to the left or to the right. It's always a situation that we are coming out of or going into. Remember, a disaster is only a situation where the Circumstances overwhelm your ability to deal with it, and that's whatever it may be. So just remember, but don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep your God. Keep faith in yourself. Prepare yourself with the knowledge, the information, the actual facts necessary to mitigate circumstances and if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But for God's sake, keep moving. As-salamu alaykum.
2: Wa alaikum salam sir.
0: In a word our soul.
1: BDW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.